hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best jobs. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it is exactly what it says on the box. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 35. Thanks to the good people at Trend Micro, Samsung and Netgear. And I'm Trevor Long from Your Tech Life. And joining me each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are you going? Mate, great. I'm uh, progressing through this three-child family thing uh, slowly, but we're getting there. Uh, lots to talk about this week in technology. As always, let's get cracking straight away. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, it is very rare for the two blokes to be in the same room, but it did occur early this week when Optus... You know, uh, it's a big event when they do get us both there, mate. Exactly. You know, it's, you know it's worth talking about headline of the show when both blokes <laughs> were at the launch of uh, Optus Me TV with Fetch, the world's biggest mouthful of a product name. But essentially, uh, they went to a, a penthouse uh, apartment in Surrey Hills and uh, showed us what is Fetch TV. We've, we've seen Fetch TV before. It's uh, been available through Ionet for some time and Internode as well. But Optus have partnered with Fetch to, uh, to just slightly customise the box and make available um, Fetch TV to anyone who is an Optus customer. And this is the most important yeah. thing. With Ionet and Internode, you have to be an Ionet or Internode customer, and they actually do some very cool technology to to multicast the the streams and to push content to the box. But with the Optus Me TV with Fetch, um, the box is just a it's basically a standard uh, set top box PVR, which is fantastic for nine ninety five a month and no other cost. You've got yourself a one terabyte hard drive personal video recorder, and then you connect it to the internet, and you've got yourself movies on demand at five ninety five and the standard rates, and yeah. you can check your uh, account balance and all those kind of things on it as well. It's actually not a bloody bad offering from Optus, and the price point is pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, hard to argue against that one. At nine ninety five, very very uh, compelling offer. I, I like the box itself. It's uh, it's HD compatible. It's PVR. Uh, to, you know, can record all your favourite programs. There's three tuners as well, mm. so you can to, can record two programs, play a third, one terabyte, plenty of room. But I, I like the idea how that you can bundle it into your plans. Look, this this is the Optus uh, flavoured Telstra T box. Yes, uh, it's going to really uh, compete with with that device. I think I like the idea that once it's in your fusion plan and i'm actually a customer of the 109 dollar fusion plan which gives you unlimited phone calls to our you know landlines and mobiles and 500 gigabytes of data per month <laughs> and the downloads are unmeted so you can download to your heart's content all your movies it's not going to go against your 500 gig even though i don't never ever get close with that download mm. limit but uh i think it's going to uh, attract a lot of people movies are 595 look i did some analysis this week for the for the aca story we did that pretty pretty much with it, whoever you go with, whether it's your PlayStation, your Xbox, your T-Box, or your Me TV, movies cost the same for all of them. Apple TV, the same. Uh, the, the, the thing here is there's two issues about this when, you, when you're choosing your provider. It is essentially, are you with Optus or are you with Telstra? Because if you're with, if you're with either one of those, you basically should go with the, uh, the box that they provide. If you're with anyone else, then you should be considering the Optus TV, TV in my opinion. The, the great thing about it for me is forget the movies on demand. Forget everything. 
If you go to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman and try and buy one terabyte uh, hard drive PVR with three tuners, you're not going to get it for $200. <laughs> You're up for a bit of money. Exactly. Yeah, exactly so you, right. you, you're you an Optus mobile customer. Ring up, nine ninety five a month for two years. You've got yourself a PVR that's fantastic. Forget yeah, the, forget everything else. So, but not there's also offer. free movies. Don't forget the free movies you get with this thing. Yeah, every every month they um, they curate. Essentially, someone at Fetch TV curates a new movie every day. And so every day there's another movie added and, and one of the old ones taken off the box and you can watch them for free. So it's essentially like like watching a, a TV channel and they, they, push, they say this is the movie on tonight, but you've got 30 there to choose from the last 30 days worth of movies so you're not going to watch a movie a day but you could certainly try and find one every month or yeah. every every few days but essentially they're not the best movies they're not the latest release movies they're just great classic movies from the library the other thing is they don't have the biggest music uh, sorry movie library Telstra definitely have a better movie library, but over yeah, the next few months... They've got all the latest, though. The blockbuster movies, yeah. when they do come out, they're pretty much sort of uh, par, on par there. And, and but, over uh, the next few months, yeah. that'll improve, it'll increase, yeah. and they'll be par for, par for the course. Well, I'm a customer, Trevor, and I said to them at the launch, I said, well, I'm already on that Fusion plan. Where is my box, is has what it, I asked. Has it arrived yet? Not yet, but I've been told it may be with me before the end of the week. All right, well, we'll stand by for a more hands-on report at techguide.com.au. Now, there's a lot of people, Trevor, that you'd probably find will forget their wallet at home before they forget their mobile. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Well, the Commonwealth Bank are actually going to turn your smartphone into your wallet. Love this idea. With the launch of a new mobile payment system called Kaching, and as in the sound of a cash register. I thought it was caching at first, but then it took me, I was Teddy 10 minutes, then I realized it was actually Kaching. So, um, I, I, I was at the launch uh, down at their headquarters down there, and uh, it, it basically lets you make payments. So you can pay your friends through text messages, email, even on Facebook. You can, with the addition of a case, because the iPhone, it's an iPhone app, doesn't have the iPhone doesn't have the NFC chip built into mm-hmm. it yet. Yep. So with the addition of the little case, which will cost about thirty, between thirty and fifty dollars, when the app is released in a couple of months, you then can make the pay pass like the contactless payments at. There's more than forty two thousand terminals around the country. So mm. anything under a hundred dollars, you can just just swipe and go. Anything over a hundred. You can sign or, or print, type in a PIN as you would with a credit card. So, so do you it, type it, it, in, in the PIN on the device? So you can still yes, use the phone? Yes, it does. No, you still, you still type the PIN on the, de- no, on the device itself. Oh, on the, no, on no, the, sorry, no, on, on the, the actual terminal, terminal itself. Ah, sorry, no. Right. There's a PIN number to use the app to begin with. Great. Then you type in a PIN on the terminal as if you're using a credit card. But what I like about it too, and the first thing people ask about is security. Mm-hmm. With this, what I like about it is that they've got the 100% guarantee, ComBank guarantee with your security, Yep. but they've also tied the app to your device. Mm-hmm. So the app is registered to be, and it can only be used on your device. So if someone, in the unlikely event that someone compromises your PIN and your account number and tries mm-hmm. to use their device to get in on your account, it won't because it's registered on the, the device that you own. So that's Very just another cool. layer of security. And look, for me, the, the key thing is that um, that that you have to enter a PIN number to, to open the app and start going because my problem with tap-and-go credit cards is, well, you may as well just you know have cash in your wallet. But with your phone, you lose your phone, they can't open the app unless they've got your PIN number. So that's the layer of security I've always wanted. Absolutely. Can, do you, can you explain to me quickly, the Facebook and text message payment, how on earth does that work at the it, other end? It, 
it, it took – I had to – at the actual event itself, they did a terrific demonstration and explained the benefits but didn't quite explain very well how – if you're not a Commonwealth Bank customer, how do you get paid? Hmm. That's the first question I asked in the demo area. And I said, well, what happens – say I, I'm, I'm a Commonwealth Bank customer and I wanted to pay you. I can either pay you – I can send you a message on Facebook, an email or a text message. So my friend list or my contact list comes up in the app. And I can choose whoever I want to pay. That person who's not a Commonwealth Bank customer, say you're not a Commonwealth yep, Bank I'm customer, not. you receive a code. You take that code, type it into the Commonwealth Bank uh, website. You then type in your account number and your BSB, oh, okay. and then the money's transferred into your account. So yeah. it's a little bit of a roundabout way to get your money. But it's convenient for the Commonwealth Bank customer, not so convenient for the non-Commonwealth Bank customer, but you get your money in the end and it's just accessed through your smartphone rather than actually having to make an actual transfer from your bank to the other person's bank or paying them cash. So- and if you watch the video that they show like a paying a tradie, and here's the thing, I'd like to think of it this way, it's like putting a payment in escrow. Um, you're basically saying, look, I, I agree and have committed to pay you $121, um, you know, send the text or whatever it is, and then the bloke at the other end, the plumber or the, the tradie, gets the text, and he, he knows, he has the faith that because you've done that payment, it's guaranteed now. Yeah. It's sitting there at the comm bank kind of waiting for him to go and log on. So that, yeah, it happens that's all in real cool. time too, real time. So if you transfer money, it'll transfer in real time. Yeah, fantastic. All right, it's called Kaching. My only narky thing. I don't know if you saw my. You don't like the thing. name, do you, Trevor? No, I You're love. A big I, of the day. You like the name, Kaching. I love. And, and by the way, I, the first reaction I had when I heard Kaching is, I thought, well, that's the that's the sound that Commonwealth Bank are going to be making because yeah. they're going to make all this money. But apparently, this is a fee-free service. They're not making any money on any Yet. of the transactions. Yet. Uh, so they yeah, well, <laughs> they just want to make it convenient to be a Commonwealth Bank customer. Oh, of course they do. Here's my so, thing about the name. <laughs> I love the name. I love the sound of the name, Kaching. Yes. But if you write the name down. It's an anagram for hacking. It is too. Swap the H. Trust swap you the to K, notice that. That's it right. It says hacking. So <laughs> I just sought for a bank. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I'll remember that if I get those letters in words yeah. with friends. I'll yeah, be using exactly. that one for sure. Ka-ching or hacking, it's all yours. Uh, two <laughs> blokes talking tech, Combank, Kaching. You can read about it at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au, connecting with innovation. And uh, I just want to tell you about a product, the N600 Wireless Dual Band Gigabit Router. Basically, if you've got a, a modem, and I was thinking earlier today about this, if you've got yourself like a big pond modem at home, and that's that's how you connect to the internet, and you've got your computers plugged into the back of it, you get yourself a device like this. It's the N600 Wireless Dual Band Gigabit Router, and this then enables your home to be internet ready. It puts a dual band wireless in your home so you can stream smart TV, download movies, Skype, all those things on the on the higher band uh, wireless and then you have your rest of your computers connected via via the, the, the other band wireless. It does great things like you plug a USB stick into it, it's shared across all the computers, it's got parental controls, um, great speed, streaming media, video, simultaneous dual band. These are the kind of things that Netgear do. Netgear.com.au, connecting with innovation, anything you need with regards to connectivity in your home or small business, Netgear .com.au Now, mate, uh, Xbox today announced the uh, the voice control system is finally coming to Australia. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you've got to have Xbox Connect, and then you can stand there and not just wave your arms at the damn TV. You can actually talk to it. So if you're playing the new um, Connect Sports version 2, which has got golf in it, I've got to get this because my son loves <laughs> Connect Sports, you can say, Caddy, change clubs. 
That's pretty well, cool. Mate, it's, it's as close to a professional golfer as either as I think are going to get there, Trev, <laughs> asking our caddy for a club. But it was a very impressive demonstration they did there, not only with the, on the gaming side. Obviously, it's going to have huge uh, usage use during gameplay, but also in mid-December, it's going to also extend to Xbox Xbox Live services like movies. So you can not only choose your movies and play your movies, and con- you can also control them just by your voice. So you just say Xbox forward and it goes forward and during the demonstration done by David McLean the uh, director of consumer channels group in Microsoft Australia he did the demonstration he, he kept, kept saying Xbox faster Xbox faster and it's just to speed up the uh, the uh, the movie that he was watching but he, it also uh, he also asked it choose another movie like this so it threw up some suggestions wow. so that's yeah, pretty good the the, uh, the voice commanded so the, the, the iPhone 4S isn't the only device you no, can talk I was gonna to say. you can talk to the Xbox we are going to be talking to our phones to our, our, our TV screens with the Xbox it's all happening and they also announced today um, kind of subtly, in, I guess, in, in a way, the Zune Music Parch, which, which uh, is a better name for Curiosity, really. Um, <laughs> it's it's the competitor to Sony's Curiosity system, which is basically unlimited, all-you-can-eat uh, mu- uh, music, 11 million tracks across your Windows phone, your PC, or your Xbox for twelve ninety nine, uh, sorry, $11.99 a month or $119 uh, for the year. It's not a bad idea because That's it crosses the platforms. Yeah, well, you, you look at this. This is slightly different to Curiosity because Curiosity is a streaming service only. Mm-hmm. This this is this harks back to Nokia's Comes with Music service, which right. I'll talk about a little bit more in a sec. But you can actually not only stream your music, you can also download as many as you want to your device. Now, the beauty of this, and I asked, I had an interview with Dave McLean, uh, and he, I asked him, I put that to him, I said. This is a lot like Comes With Music, which was a a spectacular failure for Nokia. What is different in this offering, and Nokia is a a partner now with with Microsoft on the phone side, but, uh, and he said, well, this is different because it's not tied to one particular device as the Nokia Comes With Music was. You you had to buy a certain device, and then you had that service. This spreads across not only your Windows smartphone, it's also streamed to your Xbox, but also to your Windows PC. So all you need to do is enter your Windows Live ID, and the, the, the device you happen to be using knows who you are, knows what songs you've downloaded, knows what you've been streaming so in that sense it gives it a bit of a wider wider uh, perspective for potential users just quickly the download thing that's that i, I skipped that i missed that part of the information when it was coming mm. out so i'm paying you know 120 dollars a year how many songs can i actually download as many as you want you can as long as you keep up your monthly subscription and this was the same with comes with music you, there was no limit to the music you could download you could download 10 albums an hour if but, you wanted to but, but if the minute you give up your subscription laps, you can't play it anymore it evaporates that's exactly right so can you burn them to a cd no not sure yeah. i don't think you could i yeah. think it's got to be either across all the devices it's got to reside on yeah, each okay. particular device well that's enough devices to enjoy but it on the, anyway your the phone idea, your xbox the idea PC, of the download so. is is so that if you're not connected if you're not on the internet you can that's still right. listen to the music fantastic stuff uh, that's the uh, that's the zune music uh, as well as xbox voice control announced today from microsoft you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. There was a, a little bit of a, a milestone to celebrate earlier this week, Trevor, and that was the, the 10th birthday of the iPod. The iPod was introduced 
October the 24th, 2001, by the late Steve Jobs, uh, back at Apple headquarters. Uh, he said that at the time, he said, look, music is something that, 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 Apple, is, that Apple loves. It's, it's well known now that Steve Jobs is also a massive music fan. But he said, look, it's not a speculative market. It's been around forever. It's going to be around forever. We want to get into the music business. They did so by producing the original iPod. Uh, it only had five gigabytes at the time, could hold a 1,000 songs. So this was a bit of a huge game changer for mm. not only the music industry, but Apple. It really was the product that set them on their way to becoming the now the world's most valuable company. Uh, now, I think it, it took a couple of years to sell the first million iPods, but since then, it's they've sold more than 304 million iPods. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to think about how it's uh, reshaped the way we, we enjoy music. I didn't have the very, very original one, but certainly my first one, which I'm I sad did. I don't have, because uh, it was sm- my window was smashed and it was stolen from my car because I stupidly left it in the dock. Um, you know, it, it it really you can remember how many songs you had on. I remember thinking the poor bugger that stole that thing's just got an iPod full of John Farnham songs. A silly bugger. <laughs> um, but you know, it is interesting that uh, how how much we rely on and how much um, the I words are becoming you know the Kleenex words. You know, it's it's not about it. We don't call them tissues. Absolutely. You call them a Kleenex. You know, and totally. the iPod. Every, people refer to any music player as an iPod. So. Uh, amazing milestone and one thing I would say is it's worthwhile anyone who has a bit of history in themselves go to YouTube and search for Steve Jobs iPod 2001 announcement it was in the story that I wrote about it on Tech Guide as easier than that go to techguide.com.au and because and, it's a really great thing to watch because you you see the evolution over the years of Steve Jobs uh, keynotes and that was that was just another one of those great keynotes but because it was at the um, at the Cupertino headquarters it wasn't one of those really really big ones like they have at Macworld and things like that it was uh, it was a really nice event and, and interesting to see how they announce uh, you know the the revolution that was Absolutely. iPod I've still got my original iPod, by the way. I've mm. still got it. It's uh, it still works. It was connected by FireWire back then, which yep. is a, a connection Apple invented. And I remember when I was working on the telly. I was still working on Telly Sport back then. Yeah. And I was walking around with this with this white thing, these white earphones. People were saying, "What is that?" Yeah. And then I had to explain to them, "Well, it's called an iPod. You put your music on it." And they go, "Oh, really? Weird." So, but there was there was also something. Quite well, not funny, but it was actually it was a good story. Once the iPod was released, and it suddenly became this huge device, and the distinct white iPhones was really could easily identify an iPod user. I remember the telly ran a story about people being rolled for their iPods, these this brand yeah. new hot device. Remember, because they were easily identified because of the white earphones. Exactly. Yeah. So it sort of they painted a little bit of a target on some people, unfortunately. But that was just uh, one of the downsides of owning an iPod in those early days. But it's certainly come a long way since. It has. The iPod, 10 years old this week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is also brought to you with the from our good friends at Samsung and the Samsung Galaxy S2. Now, that's one of the smartest of the smartphones on the market. It really ticks all the boxes when it comes to key features. It's got a massive 4.3 Super AMOLED Plus screen, one of the best screens on a smartphone on the market. It's also got a dual-core processor, so it's a very fast phone. The apps pop open straight away. The operation is really smooth. On the design side, it's only 8.49 millimeters, so it's one of the slimmest uh, devices on on the market as well. A lot of other features include 
included. There's also voice control. I know Siri has sort of stolen all the headlines with the iPhone being voice controlled. That's already within the Samsung Galaxy S2, along with a games hub, a reader hub, a social hub, so you can aggregate all your content, all your all your Twitter and Facebook and all your streams into one place. Uh, and for more information, the Samsung Galaxy S2, head to samsung.com.au. Now, um, on, was it Tuesday morning? Monday morning, uh, I got the uh, the email from Apple that said, uh, your Steve Jobs book, because I'd pre-ordered it through through the iBook store, uh, is oh. now available to download. So Apple, Apple emailed you personally to say that your book is ready, did they, Trevor? It was just me. It was just me they emailed, and about 20 million other people probably. <laughs> but to be honest, because uh, you know I'm not a big book man, um, but it was my first iBook experience, in fact my first eBook experience, and I actually really like the idea of pre-ordering and then getting an email saying it's ready to go, click a button and there it is. And uh, I started flicking through... Um, you know, it's quite amazing to think that this is, you know, 800, oh, it depends what size font you put, but hundreds of pages worth of uh, worth of information about a man's life who who's very closed life. And, you know, it talks about the fact that this is, this is a very open book. There was no holds barred. It was, I'm not going to approve the book. You just write it. You talk to me. You get the story. This is, this is a really revealing biography and a, and a biography in the true sense of the word, mate. Absolutely, and I think for for you to have this book to go to the trouble, and you're not a book man, as you said, it, mm. it just goes to show the importance of this book and and the the curiosity behind us trying to find out about this man, this this private brilliant uh, and mm. at, at times abrasive sort of guy, uh, and and the Walter Isaacs and the author did say, yeah, he said, look. He did. He didn't want. Any, he didn't want this sugarcoated. Even his wife told him, "Look, we want you. We, we want you to tell it like it is." There's going to yep. be parts of this book that Steve's not going to like. Uh, you know, Walter Isaacs has said that to Steve himself. But it's a fascinating look at the the way that sort of he grew up. He was an adopted. He he uh, sort of made such an early impact. Uh, I think he skipped skipped from year four. He went to year six. Mm. So he's quite a smart kid. But the 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 bit the early parts of the book I really like is when he turned up at Atari and said to the person at the front desk, and by this time he was fully into his hippie stage, wasn't showering, was eating just vegetables, <laughs> you know, had a bit of BO going on as well, but turned up at Atari and said, I'm not leaving here until you give me a job. <laughs> and she called the CEO of Atari to say, look, there's this, there's this smelly hippie guy in the front foyer here who's not going to leave until we employ him. So he's come down and he's quoted in the book as saying, look, I don't know what it was, but he saw something in this guy and he gave him a job. But even that and he, he his BO was so bad that they even put him on the night shift because everyone else was complaining about how badly he smelled. So he had to work at night by himself. My, That's just one little story that so many in this book, fascinating how he sort of, the, the path he then took to create Apple and make it the success that it is. And and I think that's the great thing about this. There will be so many great anecdotes. And, and I'll, the one for me, and I've barely read the first chapter, and I'm already just amazed by the engagement. The, his father, or his adopted father, but certainly his father, in, in his mind, um, you know, he talked about how, you know, he was a handyman. He loved to, you know, uh, fix things up. And he talked about his uh, perfection and the fact that even when they were hammering, a, you know, new panels on a fence, he didn't. He didn't worry about just how the front of the fence looked. He he worried about how the back of it looked, or how the back of something looked, because it had to be perfect. It didn't have to just look right. It had to be perfect, and that is Steve Jobs. That is what Steve Jobs brought to Apple. That is what Apple needs to continue 
to be successful. Really interesting stuff. And uh, look, it's it's only like nine ninety nine on the iBook store. You got it on the Kindle at the same price. Uh, it is, yeah, nine ninety nine, and and the beauty of having it on the Kindle is that I can also read it on the Kindle app on my on my iPad and on my iPhone. So mm. across all of those platforms, I think Steve Jobs would have wanted me to read it on an iDevice. So that's why I've got the Kindle app reading on there as well. But uh, now some very interesting stories, well worth the time to uh, to have a read. And for someone like you who doesn't read, mate, that you're reading this book says a lot. It does, and I look forward to getting into it. I'll take my time because I, I, I want to, but uh, it, it's a really in- interesting and engaging book. So the Steve Jobs biography, a, a recommended read from the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, it's no secret, Trevor, that Australians really love their technology. We're a nation of gadget lovers, quite a digital nation. Now, our reputation is intact after some research revealed that Australians bought 6.56 million products in the first six months of 2011, which came to a grand total of... $2.8 $2.8 billion. So that's a pretty big spend. Uh, the, the research was commissioned by Canon, the Digital Lifestyle Index, in partnership with GFK Retail and Technology. Interesting stats there. Really quickly, the largest growth was seen by products like PVRs, digital SLRs, personal computers, DVD players, LCD TVs, and a lot of these products were not just first-time purchases. They were a lot of upgrades, so people buying their second and third mm, device. Yes, exactly. It's it, you know They do this study regularly, Canon, and it's good PR for them, but it's also really interesting tracking, and you can see how prices evolve, how spending is continuing, and frankly, it just proves that we love our technology here in this country. We absolutely bloody love it. Absolutely, and and the, the, there's one one little thing I'll point out before we move on that the the amount of money we spend actually dropped. The the number of devices we we bought increased, but the amount spent on those products dropped slightly because the the prices were dropped across the board. The the competition between the retailers and online, our strong Aussie dollar overseas prices were actually dropped. So there was an average price drop of about fourteen percent. So that was reflected in the drop in the amount of money we spent, but the increase in the number of products we bought. Amazing stuff and uh, plenty of that at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is also brought to us by Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro's online guardian provides you with a suite of easy-to-use tools to keep your kids safe when they go online. It lets you monitor your children's activities on things like social networking websites such as Facebook and Twitter and MySpace, if they're still using MySpace. (laughs) See what your kids are viewing and posting on those websites like YouTube and Flickr as well. You can also set filters for adult and other inappropriate content. You can block websites and even monitor the terms and the things they search for. Uh, It's available now at Harvey Norman, Bing Lee, uh, JB Hi-Fi, and all other authorised resellers. And if you want more information, just head over to trendmicro.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, only moments ago, as we record this, uh, Nokia uh, held a, a large keynote, you would call it, announcement at Nokia World, where they've announced a, a, a kind of range of new phones, including, to me, the, the, the big brother of the whole thing, the Nokia Lumia 800, which is essentially... Their um their big Windows phone, which is the N9, which we talked about recently, and it's a beautiful phone. It's a beautiful phone to hold. It's well designed. It's well crafted. 
but it's a win- N9 with uh, with Windows Phone as an operating system. This is yep. really exciting stuff, mate. I think this is potentially the, the rebirth of Nokia. I agree, and I think, you know what, it harks back to what Apple did with the iMac. Remember back in the, at the end of the 90s when Apple came up with those multicolored iMacs? Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, it was really caught everyone's attention. Uh, it really set Apple on the way again of sort of rig. This is, was before even the iPod uh, was announced. It set them on their way. This reminds me a lot about that. The, the devices, they look like, it looks like a rainbow. All these different colors, uh, these, this design, very similar to the N9, but with Windows 7 on board, but also takes into account brings in the strengths of Nokia, like their mapping, their music. They've also formed a partnership with Monster, who create great uh, earphones and headsets. So I think they're on the right path. You know, time will tell once we get these in our hands and once consumers hopefully get them in their hands, whether they're going to be take on, you know, the might of Apple and, and all these Android-powered uh, smartphones. And a couple of quick things. Won't be in Australia till early next year. They've got a kind of a very European and some, some uh, Indian subcontinent-style language rollouts. But the other one is the, the Lumia. 710, which is, and someone just described to me on Twitter, it's amazing how Nokia are able to make phones cheaper, not just cheap. They actually are, that these things look like good quality, but affordable price phones. And the, the Lumia 710, you know, simple things like we used to from the old Nokia days, interchangeable covers, coloured yeah. covers. You're going to get NRL team covers. This is how they get leverage. This is how you get market share. It's real. I'm, I, we'll talk about this over the coming weeks when we get more info on the devices and obviously when we get hands on. But um, I think we agree. This is the rebirth of Nokia. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we've mentioned uh, birthday already. We mentioned the iPod's birthday. And we also mentioned in the Trend Micro ad there, there's sort of the importance of children's safety online. Absolutely, that yes. sort of brings us to our last topic of the, of the podcast, and that's Club Penguin. It's actually Club Penguin's 6th birthday. Now, for those of you who don't know what Club Penguin is, it was the brainchild of a couple of Canadian parents who had this idea that they wanted to create a social network just for kids. And being just for kids, they, they envisage a very safe environment uh, where they can play, chat to each other without the risk of any any outside influences and any uh, you know risque subjects and language mm. being used. Now, this it was such a successful uh, project that after two years. Disney came along and actually bought the site uh, off these two Canadian guys. It's now a Disney property, and the site has developed so much that they wouldn't exactly tell me how many members there are today, but they got to 4 million members after just two years, and they bought the site for $350 million with the promise of of an additional $350 million if membership targets were met by 2009, which I'm pretty sure they were. (laughs) But the beauty of this site is that it's moderated. There's full-time staff looking at at the site, making sure everyone's uh, you know, playing playing appropriately, no language, no language being used, those kinds of things that a parent's can assure that it's safe. There is a small membership fee for people who want to have that extended experience, but what that does, it ensures that there are no ads on the site, and ads often drag kids off the site mm, yes. and to other sites. So that's a really important thing. It's a crucial thing because that is, you're exactly right. I mean, I do let my son probably play with technology a lot more than people would hope, but, you know, he's pretty good and we watch him, but, you know, all it takes is for him to click on an iPad, you know, they click on an ad in a free app and it takes him to the app store and he's then wanting the app. It's very easy <laughs> to get taken somewhere else. So for a little 
closed place like Club Penguin to, to exist. Uh, it's really exciting for parents, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll introduce Jackson to it I in the coming weeks. I think it's worth. And, uh, he's at the right age, I think. And what it is, it's basically you assume you just create your own little penguin. You can sort of waddle around the island, play games, interact with the other penguins. You can earn coins and buy clothing. Membership's only six ninety five a month, and like I said, that that keeps the that sustains the site, so it doesn't have to rely on ads to to keep it running. Yeah. But on the on the app side, you mentioned they've got. Club Penguin has just released its first app. Now, it's called Puffle Launch. Now, Puffle are the little pets that the penguins have on the island. It's a cool little game. You know far too much about this. My daughter, my 11-year-old daughter, Hayley, is a huge fan of Club Penguin. And when I got got offered to be taken down to Melbourne to meet one of the illustrators and to actually see the real penguins at Melbourne Aquarium, they invited Hayley along. And it was like all her Christmases had come at once. We had a great couple of days, just father and daughter time down there together. She's a huge fan of Club Penguin. Penguin and being able to meet one of the illustrators was a real thrill for her. Happy birthday, Club Penguin, from the Two Blokes Talking Tech and Hayley Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Thank you to the good people at Netgear, Samsung and Trend Micro for their support of Two Blokes Talking Tech and thank you for listening and downloading. This is has been episode 35. You can get in touch with us at Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can read all the latest in technology news and information with Stephen Fennick at Tech Guide com.au and uh, my podcast Your Tech Life, talking technology and helping people out, yourtechlife.com. Thank you, mate. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Looking forward to it.